welcome back to So To Speaks The Closet Series. I'm your host, Christy Mandor. I am so excited for you to be tuning in right now. I, I, I'm so happy for you because this episode in particular is so powerful in being able to offer you ways to see yourself differently in a way that is beneficial, right? So we all get in our own funks. We all get in our own flows. So this is to enhance your flow and to shift your funk. So wherever you're at right now, because it's all about looking at yourself from an energetic standpoint, that is from playfulness and fun and excitement. Every single podcast that you listen to is really, it speaks to the people who bring it to you. So I am so grateful that you are inviting us into your home, inviting us into your car, inviting us on your walks, because it's a special space. And it really does make a difference when you're listening to a podcast in your own space, who you choose to bring in, because it really is a choice. So I am so happy for you. And I'm so happy for me to be able to bring this to you because our next guest is Josh Heiss. Josh, you probably know him mainly as a film and television actor, a fantastic one at that. He starred in such shows as Ray Donovan, Younger, Maniac, and the feature films Joker, Motherless Brooklyn, and one of my all-time favorites, The Station Agent. Oh, if you haven't seen that, highly, highly recommended. And most recently, he starred in a beautiful film last year, co-starred, and in, in it's called Spoiler Alert. So definitely check that out. Upcoming, you can see Josh's next acting project as a lead in Netflix's A Man in Full opposite Jeff Daniels. And Josh also is the founder of the Breakthrough High Performance Training Program, Committed Impulse. I went to one when I turned 40. It was a request for a birthday present, and it so delivered beyond my wildest expectations. I went down to New York City. I spent an immersive weekend with all of these humans and Josh leading the way and such a party and so fun and so liberating. And it absolutely is a sustainable way to bring your true authentic self into everything you do. Josh is a huge advocate, huge proponent of that and a huge believer that we want the truth. And we also can really sense BS. So he, he prides himself on sharing ways and techniques that you can incorporate into your life, whether you're an actor, whether you're a public speaker, whether you're going to a dinner party and you're just like, you know what? I want to bring myself. I want to show up real. Josh is your man. So we asked Josh to hop in the closet to discuss how committed impulses revolutionary approach and I do not say that lightly, it truly is how it helps us move from our mind's mental hijack to the present and magic of our body. Josh shares how committed impulse came to be, how his childhood set him up perfectly to bring this all to life and his one superpower that significantly impacts the program and its participants. The committed impulse technique transcends industries and in that it offers an enlivening and incredibly effective and fun invitation to explore how when we create from being in our body instead of in our mind, I'm going to say that again, when we create from being in our body instead of in our mind, we bring forth honest, genuine, and captivating work every single time. Who does not want more of that? Ah, oh, so without further ado, so excited to bring you Josh Pice. When you want to learn more after our conversation, whether it's watching the movies or the shows that Josh is in, or if you're interested in taking any of the committed impulse group courses or one-on-one -on -one coaching with Josh, all that info will be in the show notes. But for now, please enjoy on your walk, in your kitchen, in your car, wherever you find yourself, please enjoy my conversation with Josh Pice. 
I've been doing this work for 30 years and every person that I've worked with, when you ask them, what are the thoughts that go through their heads? It's all, it's all about the same. And it always boils down to some form of, I suck. It's like, I'm not this enough. I should be further ahead here. If only this, that screwed me up, but you know, whatever. If I have any superpower, it's, I can see where people stop themselves and I can quickly undo it just from doing this for, for years. I like to think that I'm a pretty good actor, but probably my superpower is, is in the committed impulse world. And basically, um, very simply by accessing, super simple, by staying connected to your breath so that you don't contract your breath, by connecting to your immediate environment, like literally seeing what's there. And I always say like, see it how a dog or a baby would see it so that you're actually seeing the shape, the form, the texture, the lightness, the darkness of what's around you and being connected to the information in your body. Like just the sensation, the movement, the energy, the emotion, the contraction, the expansion, whatever it is. It doesn't stop the, I suck chatter, but it trains you to listen to something else. And by staying in your body and your breath and your immediate environment, it opens the creative channel. And then like things come that are far beyond what we could just figure out. Yeah, and you have such, cause I was gonna ask you and I, I still am just what tips you have for people who this is like brand spanking new. And they're like, wait, what? Look at the world like a dog. Like, what do you, what do you, where do I even, where do I even start? Or you might have to look at the world like a dog. Come on. <laughs> they may be very excited actually. Like, wait, this right. is my chance. I get that. But I, one thing just to um, help when people are like, where do I even start? I love how one, I associate you with this one phrase, which I think, you know, it's two words. And it's one of the most, in theory, as simple, in practice, is, sim is simple. Yeah. A lot of times things in theory sound so simple, but practicing, you're like, but this one phrase, I feel like is super aligned. Do you know what I'm talking about? I do. <laughs> what is it, Josh? On three, ready? One, <laughs> two, three. I'm back. I'm back, yeah. So, um, you know, in my classes, you know, I'm, I'm teaching on Zoom now, of course, but, you know, also in my live classes, um, anytime that anybody checks out, so like you're engaged with what's in front of you, and then all of a sudden, you know, you're shopping, you know, at... <laughs> Bloomingdale's, you know, and, and you've left this or something happens and you start reflecting back, uh, you know, whatever, basically going to the past or the future or some imaginary version of that. Um, not that that's bad necessarily, but as soon as you're aware that you've left, I have people say out loud, I'm back. So there's a period of time when you're engaged and then there's a period of time where you've left and you don't know you've left. Like you're fully, you're fully checked out in a mental drama or, some, or something. And then there's the moment that you realize, well, I just missed all the action that was happening in front of me. And as soon as you're aware that you've left, I have people say out loud, I'm back. And the more that you can train yourself to stay right right with what's actually in front of you, um, the impact of that is tremendous. I mean, for actors, for presenters, for coaches, for anybody that has to interact with other people, if you leave the action that's happening in front of you, it will just spontaneously make the person or audience that you are with leave as well. And the extent that you can stay with the action will keep the audience, and we all have an audience, you know, regardless of our profession, it will keep them there. And if we disconnect from our body, from just a simple connection to our body, 
for actors, let's say, um, or public speakers, if you disconnect from this, then they will disconnect from the content that you're delivering. So if someone is presenting to a board, if someone's presenting to their, has to have a difficult conversation with their direct report, it's so easy to go up here. Right. But the more we, this is what I love, is that the more we practice it in low stakes, and you have such a great genuine perspective of let's party, you look at it like it's exciting versus terrifying to yeah. uncertainty, which I feel like is such an invitation for people to look at it from just a different vantage point that it, this is actually accessible all the time. And there's major power in that between, not over. Yeah. And it's, and it does, it transcends acting. Like you had said, I, I was listening to one of your interviews and just what you just said was something I jotted down, which is to the extent that an actor is in their head is relative to how much the audience will be in their head. Yeah. Just what you said. Yeah, because we're all highly intuitive beings. Mm -hmm. And if somebody checks out, it almost, I think on some level, can very slightly create a sense of threat because all of a sudden that person's not there and it will lead them to leave as well. Yeah. But I think it's also important just to look at like what, you know, you said like you're in a board meeting, you're, you know, pitching something. It's important to become aware of why you go into your head. And, um, not because you should analyze it, but basically what tends to happen is when you put your ass on the line, put your ass further out into the world for everybody, everybody, um, there's gonna be an increased level of body sensation. Maybe your heart will pound faster. Maybe there will be more energy swarming, swarming uh, or swarming throughout your body. And part of what committed impulse is, is to, well, the standard, the standard notion is when you're feeling this, if you're feeling anxious, if you're feeling nervous, that you should try to do like your breathing technique, your something to get rid of it. Because we've all been taught that those kind of sensations are bad. If, especially if you're in a public, you know, situation where you're presenting. That's completely false. Um, but the part of the work is to in, not to manipulate what our experience is, but to increase our tolerance for our full experience. Because if you can increase your tolerance, even when your heart is pounding and like be, stay present, stay engaged, it's like, that's mighty and that's so engaging to watch and to listen to. And so, you know, we just have to recognize that culturally we're taught in the subtlest way. And I think this is the biggest myth of our time. It's constantly being delivered that there's good sensations and bad sensations. Like that's just, it's so ingrained that it's not even seen. And as long as that belief system is operating below the surface, then if you happen to be feeling the good stuff, things are okay. But when you happen to feel the bad stuff, then you're gonna suppress your body, try to disconnect from it. And as soon as you disconnect from your body, your attention goes into your head and then you're listening to how you suck. So, <laughs> so basically the options are to stay connected to the intensity that's happening in your body. And sometimes it is intense, but it's just movement and, and to stay with that or to listen to how you suck. I say stay with the energy because it's really creative fuel. It's not, there is, it's not bad. There is no sensation that's bad. It's built into our DNA to feel all this stuff. It, that was a rant. No, it, it made so, it's, it, <laughs> from this perspective, it made so much sense. And it actually led into something that you had said in classes, but you also, I heard in an interview was 
can you just speak to the length of time that if we honor the feeling people yeah. get terrified that they're i mean and i'm projecting but i also think just from coaching too that if we actually give into it it's like the abyss and we're never going to come back from it so can you just share right. your yeah so if you connect fully to the charge that's there the emotion that's there the nervousness that's there and by that, I mean, fully connect to what is the actual experience, let's say nervous. Like for a lot of people, it might be a chaotic movement, typically in the upper torso. Not for everybody, but that's like a common. And if you fully connect to that and breathe into it and in a sense, welcome it, it will shift in seven to 12 seconds. It'll shift to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. And that needs to be our guide track to um, when, you know, when we're working with or in front of people. And what's disturbing about that is from our mind's point of view, you're out of control. But from your body's point of view, you're in control because you're honoring what's actually there. And your creativity is in your body. Your brilliance is in your body. We think it's all like thought generated, but you stay in your body and like the most amazing stuff will happen. Of course, you know, if you're, if for some, this might be an insane leap of faith and, and it is, um, but it's, you know, it's, that's where the magic is. That's where the brilliance is. So why do you think from your perspective that we are culturally trained to not do what you're saying? Um, I mean, it could be, it could be an extension of, you know, a Freudian perspective of like that, that if there's a, a, an emotion that it requires analysis and figuring out and where did it come from and is it connected to this in the past or 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 that or you know or what somebody did to you not to say that there's not um value in 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 that however if you stay connected to what's happening in the moment like you can feel frustration and then sadness, and then calm, and then joy. It's like it, ha it happens really quickly. Mm -hmm. And if we don't, if we analyze it and are constantly trying to fix something that's, you know, may not be broken, then, then we're constantly, um, you know, we feel something and we feel like we have to process it, you know, and I think also maybe an extension of the new age movement, you know, which I was um, you know, got really into, um, you know, but, an, but possibly an extension of that, part of that was to get to the zone, to get to like this perfect place, and then, and then you're ready. Um, but the truth is that we're, a, you know, chemicals, atoms, um, in a constant state of movement, and, um, and, and you might be in that little zone of a slice of the pie of your full experience, but then if you're not in the zone, if you're not in that zone, then it's like something's wrong. You've got to fix yourself and then you try to, you know, do all kinds of things, which are basically suppression. And again, once we suppress the charge that's there, we're going to be in our head. Mm -hmm. And I'm hearing be like, and I say simply, it's more a practice to make it simpler, but almost be objective to what's happening. You do that in the course too. You have us kind of stand and, and do a body scan in, it, in your own way, in your unique way. Yeah. But it does take us out of our head. So we don't get as, um, we don't get as stuck to it, you know, yeah. so we don't get wrapped up and tangled up into it. I had the honor of being in person doing the course with you, but then I also did it online and anybody who's doubting the impact of it transitioning online don't even question it I, I I was I was on zoom with coaching for the entire day and then four hours three and a half whatever it is with you guys flew by 
So you're not going to get zoomed out fatigue. It's incredible. And um, I just remember that from doing last October online with you guys, I had a moment that I shared with you in the class about having this moment with my daughter where I was feeling really vulnerable and I started getting frustrated. And I remember I was like taking ice out of the ice maker and I thought of you guys and I just was like, you are rushing past feeling sad right now. Right. Feel sad. Yeah. <laughs> Be okay with feeling sad. And, and she and I had an incredible moment mm. and I just, and then it turned to joy. So it's right. a life lesson. I just. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, with sadness, like it's, it's such a rich, beautiful experience if you don't fight it. Mm-hmm. And I find that if I'm feeling some sadness, I'm feeling it right now, actually, but, you know, if I'm feeling some sadness, it's also kind of an opportunity. It kind of almost forces your nervous system to slow down and you can almost see in more high definition. You can almost like, if you don't fight it, you know, and it, and exactly what you said, if you fully connect to it without adding any drama or analysis to it, it will be rich and then it will shift into the next sensation very quickly. Mm-hmm. And it's, and, and the thing is too, and this is kind of my theory on it. There's so much to it why we're not present, but I do feel like it's so intimate. <laughs> it is one of the most intimate things to be present. There's no mm-hmm. armor. There's no defense. You're not thinking of a rebuttal in your head. Right. So it's easy to go to your head. It's like, it's like a nice scapegoat to go to your head. But when you're fully present, there's no armor up physically, mm-hmm. emotionally. So can you just speak to how people can strengthen that possible fear of the feeling unarmored or? Right. Yeah, I mean, one thing is also like, I don't think we should look at presence as an ideal state. It's not really a state. It's just a connection to whatever is there and a connection to what's here so that this is louder than this. Like, that's my definition of it. So even if you, you know, felt closed off, let's say, and you connect to that actual experience of being closed off like let's say you feel closed off here like and you feel like armored up like even connecting to that armor is presence so it doesn't have it doesn't look like anything but it's you know and it's not there's no if we can let go of that there's no ideal state to be in in order to do our work or live our life it's like then things open up. So there seems to be, and if I misunderstood you, interrupt me, but work with whatever you got. So if you're if you're frustrated, don't try to be calm for the scene. If you're overwhelmed, don't and you have to be happy, don't try to be happy. They both can coexist, which I mm-hmm. love that idea that everything can coexist. Then there's the idea of the system you created of interatomics. Right. So I'm wondering. If you're frustrated, let's say in in life, you're frustrated and you have to present in some way and you, how can you use the frustration versus it's, you're not talking about showing up being like mad as hell. Maybe you are, but so so much good stuff in there. So (laughs) so one, one thing is just say with frustration, um, Frustration, it doesn't mean you have to like spew and tell everybody, I'm so frustrated right now, you know, but it's like, there's a, frustration is a pounding charge if you, if you really feel it. And it doesn't mean you have to just, you know, you have to exercise that with an O, Um, but it's like that charge, if you just use that charge, it can just catapult you into whatever you're doing if you don't hold it as good or bad um so that's one piece so the inner atomics are a set of it's about 24 tools in a sense that are designed to alter and shift 
the energetic patterns in the body. And, um, and they're really designed to reveal parts of you by accessing your imagination, which is in here. And so the reason I first came up with developing these was starting with actors, like if a director says, you know, if you're feeling like super chill, like, hey, you know, yeah, okay, well, you know, and that's kind of where your energy is just kind of in a little flow and, you know, and, um, and the director says, you know, this guy is super powerful, super driven, you know, pushes his energy all over people, dominates, you know, dominates people. Um, then how, you know, then the question comes up, like, how can you do that and be absolutely truthful so that you're speaking from exactly where you are? And so the inner atomics are tools to, in a sense, you have your chemistry and these add in another level of chemistry um, that will send you in a trajectory. This may be so, um, maybe we should be break it down a little bit, but that's kind of the philosophy behind it. You want to alter um, the energetic patterns in your body, which alter the way that you see and alter your, how you behave, yeah. you know, your behavior. Um, I mean that more as actors than, you know, your, how you're behaving. <laughs> um, now for like, let's say public speaking, you know, like let's say um, by simply, you know, if you are feeling, you know, so in your head, you can't even like face the audience um, because it's like you, you're afraid of being overwhelmed and feeling so much. Like just one inner, inner atomic is just like, increasing your connection to the earth as you're standing there the so it's just rooting down from the bottom of your feet into the earth maybe 10 feet down below whatever building you're in so that it will give you like that stability to be open to the unknown because we want to be open to the unknown so that we don't we can actually play and communicate with or work with whoever's in front of us. Sure. I mean, another inner atomic is, you know, with that example of like somebody who's driven and, and forceful and um, is just literally connecting to your skeletal structure, like to feel the skeletal structure in your body and to let your vision be very specific. So you're looking at one spot or another spot. And if you just, people that are listening, if you just do that right now, you look at one spot, breathe, feel your skeletal structure, and then you go to another spot and just feel your skeletal structure, something begins to shift, you know? And then in class, like we physicalize that by sending energy, you know, outside our body in different ways to just increase that. And, the inner atomics also increase your creative range because it opens up areas of experience that, um, you know, that you may not be open to. And that also builds your ability to increase your tolerance for whatever you might feel. Totally. Like, so you're just nailing so many that, things. That itself is so relatable. Like the two you use, that's exactly it. And so I feel like it's... Um, so it's, there's a, a huge component of embodied self-awareness that you use within commitment. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, it's just, and there's there's a book and I don't have it here. Um, it's by Amanda Blake. The names escape me, but it's all about embodied self. The body is your mind or something like that. Um, and she gives examples of like so much of what you're saying to parallel with it, that if someone is um needing to present and be more direct they may want to do a kickboxing class or a boxing class which is very much like the kind of yes very deliberate very direct yes. 
if they're going to a networking event and they feel their their go-to is more rigid and they want to be looser they may put music on that is like salsa so they can move their body a little bit beforehand so that when they go they're already loosened which is so yeah. much of what i'm hearing you and yeah. you do so much of that and you know when you break down these inner atomics you know and train with them for a little bit like you can just instantly make those shifts totally. it's like you get a whole set of tools um that will serve you um you know kind of brilliantly you know. And it's not, I'm hearing you say too, that it's not how you're feeling to stay with what we were talking about frustrated. It's not either or it's, they, they again, coexist. You can feel what you're feeling and then incorporate what inner atomic you need for yes. the situation. That yeah. You're in. It's just to send you in a trajectory, Yep. but it's not like a straight line. So you know exactly where it's going to go. It's a, it's a trajectory so that it's going to kind of catapult you in a certain direction you know, very similar to what you were describing of like salsa dancing, um, you know, which I could break that down into inner atomics, but you, you know, that would send you in a, in a trajectory. Yes. And so also what I'm hearing, and I wonder if you've connected this too, is that we all have a sense of needing on the continuum of like certainty and uncertainty. So when you do, what I'm gathering is when you, when you apply the inner atomics, it actually, when you say trajectory, I hear a sense of safety and certainty so that we can leave space for the uncertainty. Like we all mm -hmm. need a sense of that yeah. stability. So if we're doing staccato, if we're doing the grounding, then we have that to, to go off of your public speaking, then we have that stability and we have the ground so we feel safe. So we're, we're more like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I don't have to think there's a threat. So then I'm more open to answer questions from the audience that, or someone interrupts, I'm not as thrown because I have that sense of that yeah. I created. Can you speak to that? I think you spoke to it. Um, <laughs> I think, uh, you know, I think you, you know, said it brilliantly. Um, you know, it's, it's the difference between, you know, like a car salesman like I know like there's times where I, I wanted to buy a particular car and went in and and they were pitching and I was like yeah no I, I want it and they kept selling me something that I was already wanted because they didn't they couldn't let go of their patterning and their presentation that they had memorized and locked in but didn't see me didn't hear me and, and ultimately I went, went to another dealership because it was just like, and the same, you know, if you're in front of an audience, you know, to take, if somebody's asking a question, like to have the bravery to surrender to that person as they're, as they're talking to you, um, it'll like the whole audience will love you, you know, totally. and, and, um, and, and to, not and to if you have to ponder for a moment like ponder and and then you know and then answer it from there um but if we are you know so locked into our presentation like i've got it i've nailed it da 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 it's like then if somebody coughs like you can you know it can just screw you up and we're also in this era that we're in in particular people want truth they want an experience of you. They don't want to see you present what you think is the ideal version of you. It's just, it's not, you know, it's just not what people want. People need, you know, <laughs> like out of like all kinds of political things and COVID and so, you know, over the past 15, 20 years, it's like people are like, if they know if it's it if it's bullshit, bullshit. you know they, oh, yeah. they know they, they know and they may not go oh this is bullshit but they'll be like they're, they're gonna back off mm -hmm. and you know and you can't afford to have that if you especially if you have something you know important content that is you know that you believe is valuable for people to hear um, you don't want to let your operating, physical operating system um, cloud 
the ability to have people, you know, nourished by what you, you know, by what you have to offer the world. That is so much of, of what you're doing because you're bringing, and I love that it's online because you can reach so many more people all over the world. And it, it is nourishment. That's such a perfect word. It brings people together so that there's that safety of fully going for it so that you could keep practicing it. And it transcends, like you're practicing a muscle to strengthen it. You're strengthening it everywhere you go. Yeah. You know, totally. so there, it's so cool. And it's and, fun. Uh, and it's super it's fun. fun. Like it's all gotta be fun. Otherwise, you know, if you're not having fun, it makes it really hard to listen to you. Yeah. From my point of view. Like I don't want to listen to somebody Josh, not Josh having said it here fun. First. Yeah, exactly. What's that? <laughs> I said Josh said it here first. Right. Uh, you have to be having fun for anybody to want to listen. And it's so true. We we have a tendency specifically with work to think they're very mutually exclusive, like work yeah. and fun. And they the, the fun and work combined, and even you talking about taking the pause to answer a question. There's fun in that because there yeah. is anticipation, totally. you know, like it's just, there's something to be said. And it reminds me too of, um, you mentioned working with Charlie Kaufman that he said he encouraged there to be breath in the scene. Mm. And it goes yeah. so much to what yeah. you were just saying about yeah. in a movie. Yeah. It was a movie called, uh, Synecdoche, New York. And I'm a scene with Philip Seymour Hoffman. Um, and, you know, and I was like, I'm working with Philip Seymour Hoffman, like I have to get my line, you know, I have to really do this well, you know, and with Charlie Kaufman directing, who, you know, somebody that I also, you know, respect immensely. And, and he just, you know, we did it a couple times and then we, and then he just like, let it, let it hang, hang out, like hang out in the scene. And, and then all of a sudden, like I could really see you know, Philip Seymour Hoffman and that connection started happening. And, and I allowed myself just to, you know, just to breathe in the scene and everything opened up. And really, you know, the simplest way to integrate everything is just to return to the breath. Because if you return to your breath, it creates an instant connection to your body and, and will make it much easier to connect to your immediate environment and get out of here. And we hear go to your breath all the time and it's a cliche, but for good reason, because it works. Yeah. So but it, to breathe, it's very often people use their breath to get away from their body. Yes. Like it's like, like devil be gone. You know, I don't want to feel this. Let me do my breathing. But what, you know, what i what I teach is like you breathe to increase like all this so that it's all fuel and it's all impulse and it's all charge and it's all revealing you. Um, Cause we, you know, we have to stop this, this trained suppression, mm -hmm. uh, you know, under the veil of Zen or something. Thing, yeah you know? totally and we're almost manipulating ourselves we are manipulating ourselves in that yeah. way right yeah. so yeah. um i so i just want to dive right into committed impulse i know we've been talking about it but i'm wondering what had you even start it um it's it's a bit of a long story but i'll make it really brief um you know, I had went to very traditional actor training. It was Stanislavski based, which was very like something's, you know, you read the script, oh, something's happening in this scene. So then you should go think of, you know, like when your dog ran away when you were six and the agony that that was, and then try to integrate that agony into the scene. Like that's kind of in a very simple way. Makes total sense. And that approach to acting was a massive transition in the evolution of actor training. Um, but I also had an experience working with somebody that had just come back from working with this guy, Jerzy Grotowski in Poland. I'm trying to make this short, but it was like this, it was a very intense kind of physical training that pushed me beyond my mind and all of a sudden opened up like, um, spontaneity to me. And then when I was in my acting scenes in school, it's like, I didn't have to do all that. Everything was just available to me. 
And so that led me to go on a two-year journey, like training with people from all over the world because I wanted as an actor to be able to re rely on being spontaneous. I wanted it to be not something that was like a fluke. I wanted it to be like, how can that be something um, tangible? <laughs> and, uh, and so that out of that training, out of like ex working with so many people, um, I was in a theater company uh, in New York called Circle Rep, and they said, why don't you, why don't you teach some of the actors in the company what you've been doing? And, um, and I said, well, I can do it as a director. I'll do it as a director. And so I did that. And really from that, um, we, the deal was every three months we had to show our, you know, where we were in this process of exploration. And then from that, you know, NYU saw what I was doing and they asked me to teach. And I was like, I'm not a teacher. I do not, I never wanted to be a teacher. Um, it, it was never, you know, but it's more and more people were like, can you teach? And, and then finally I was like, okay, you know, I'll give it a shot. And, you know, and it's turned out to be like a great um, passion and, you know, by doing movies and TV and then also teaching. It's like just been a great exploration in my development as an actor, but also like, you know, supporting other people and business people and entrepreneurs, you know. So it's been a um, just something that was kind of meant to be, <laughs> you know, I guess, because it was not, um, I'm still surprised. Like when I start a new class, I'm like, I'm the teacher, you know. Um, it's like, what? Um, but um, so it, it just came out of exploration. And, you know, my father was a scientist, um, a theoretical physicist that worked with Einstein, actually. And, um, and so I do have like a science, I almost see it as a laboratory. Like, how can, how can I deliver this faster and faster so that people can be free of whatever is getting in their way? And so it's just like a, it's a laboratory. Yeah, and it's such an organic, I love how it just so organically surfaced in a way. I mean, there you kind of totally. flowed with it and you're, you're leading, beautiful segue by the way, because you're leading to my next you. question um, okay. about, your, about you having that beautiful merge of science and art in your upbringing, because your mom yeah. is the artist and your dad's yeah. science. So how much of an influence has that been on your life? Um, tremendous. Absolutely uh, tremendous. Like my mom, like her, she was just, just create, just create, whatever, make art, make art. And she was a painter and a poet. And my dad, um, you know, was a leading, you know, he worked with Niels Bohr and um, Oppenheimer and, at, you know, he was just like at, at a very key element, you know, time in, in physics. Um, and um, I mean, I can tell you just very quickly the just that, you know, that how when I was six or seven, something he told me really spawned later what committed impulses. Um, and very quickly, you know, I understood what other kids' dads did, like some, you know, growing up in Alphabet City in New York, you know, I knew like some of the dads were drug dealers, some of the dads were bus drivers or whatever just normal normal kind of dad jobs but my dad would be doing these massive calculations on these blackboards and so I was like what do you do like I felt like I had to confront him and he said um he said do you see this table that you're sitting at and I was like yes and he said do you see your knee I was like yes and he said the smallest part of this table and the smallest part of your knee are the same things and it's atoms and he said, that's what I explore, the building blocks of the universe. And then he kind of head out the door and I was like, what? <laughs> um, but, you know, cut to me, like getting out of acting school and starting to audition and it being a disaster because I was so nervous and so anxious and so in my head. And I remembered, you know, that story of my dad saying, you're basically your body is atoms. And once I started to actually feel the charges that were there, then it took it out of being good or bad or like appropriate or inappropriate. And then from that, I started, you know, working steadily and 
doing film and television, you know, my whole life. The past two months, I've been working on this new Hulu show um, called The Dropout, um, which is coming out in the spring. Um, and just, uh, it's about Elizabeth Holmes, the woman that came up with the Theranos device, who's on trial right now, about the blood, you know, a drop of blood can, and so it's such an awesome series. Amanda Seyfried is playing, uh, is playing her. So that's been, that's been a blast. And uh, I have a couple other movies um, that are um, partially finished that are on, on their way. So there's that. Um, and then um, the next course that I'll be teaching um, is called Character Lab, which is all about it's open to actors and non-actors, but it's a full deep dive into all these interatomics and how using them will open up your creativity and allow, give you, for non-actors, it'll give you ways of living in your body that you've never experienced before that are, will be incredibly freeing. Um, and for actors, it just gives you incredible tools to create any character because the inner atomics encompass all, all of human behavior. Like you can generate any form of human behavior using these inner atomics and it's completely spontaneous. And I'm, I'm gonna piggyback on what you were saying too, for, for actors, definitely, and for non-actors, it's a huge, you keep, I notice you keep going like that. So I keep seeing like this rainbow. So it's like all these different colors that bring up the ability to be more empathetic. You're able to understand and relate to people on such a literally a visceral level because you're yeah. shifting your energy yourself. Yeah. So being able to connect with people like that, especially now is so essential. Yeah. You speak about the truth that we're all wanting and, and that you know, I, I often say that we smell inauthenticity. We smell yeah. bullshit. We're like, we're- Well, we, we're looking for yeah. it. Yeah. We're, you know, we're, that's like the first, probably the first thing that we're going to, um, yeah. you know, is this bullshit or not bullshit? Like, yeah. that'll be probably the first, one of the first, you know, and then am I, it's like, am I safe? Am I not safe? Is this yep. bullshit? Is it not bullshit? Okay, it's not bullshit and I feel pretty safe. Like then, then, then something, then a connection starts to happen. Mm -hmm. Bloodhounds for bullshit. That's what I, when you were sniffing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Bloodhounds for bullshit. And yeah, and, and the course online, again, can you just speak to people who may be hesitant to, maybe they've always wanted to take an acting class. This is, this is a bit different. I, I feel from experiencing it live um, in real life and in on Zoom yeah. that the impact is, equally as strong, although yeah. slightly different. Can you just speak to anyone who's hesitating doing this online? Um, well, first of all, you know, feel what the actual experience of hesitation is, you know, like what, like I would just say, well, instead of just calling it hesitation, like what do you actually feel? But even hesitation is, shouldn't, the, the physical sensation of hesitation shouldn't stop you from taking action. If you know, like you want to do something, having like maybe a little clinched up feeling here doesn't mean that you need to wait until that's done to then take action. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I really understand that the, the hesitation for doing what I teach and everybody like in the first class are like, I'm so scared, you know, because it's not, it's kind of taking away the veils of, you know, that you've found to operate in, which often are not really serving what your potential is. Um, so I understand the, um, the hesitation. And in terms of Zoom, what's been, I didn't, I, I, I had no idea the power of having teaching online would be, like I had no idea, but it's like in a sense, there's an intimacy because it's like a close-up, you know, and um, and it's been it's been amazing teaching on Zoom, like far beyond what I thought it could be. Plus, you don't have to travel; you just totally, <laughs> and you meet so many people from all over the world. Yes. participant, so that you're learning from so many different cultures. But also, I would think for specifically, well, not just actors, but anybody who wants to do any on-camera work. 
Yeah. Like it's a built-in, that's a built-in bonus. Absolutely. Yeah. No, no, it's key for, you know, and that's the way, you know, that's how we're communicating more and more, certainly through business. It's like, it's all, you know, in these, in these boxes and people feel you, if you're there or not, you can't trick people. You can't. And you also maybe for a minute, but not, you know, not for an hour. Not for an hour. And and there's also a different sense of what energy you need to bring on. This is just coming to me now, but if you had any thoughts on the different amount of energy that you do need to bring on camera versus in real life, it seems to be a bit more on camera. Am I? I don't know. I think that's an interesting question. Um, I think for me personally, if I see people on camera that are have like amped themselves so up and they're like, ah! you know, like that kind of energy, I find it like, it's so, I can't even, it's just for me, some, I know some people like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, if it's genuine, if somebody is genuinely feeling that in that moment, like that's one thing, but just the hyped up, like mm-hmm. this is good, you know, um, is, um, I, I find it not, I feel like they're manipulating themselves to manipulate me mm-hmm. and, and there's like nothing to hang on to. Mm-hmm. And I think just there's so much energy in any sensation that you're feeling. And if you just let that latch on to that and let that be your creative fuel, um, that's, you know, that's what's interesting to me. You know, and that's, yeah, that's, that, that's my jam. (laughs) Well, Josh, thank you for hopping in the closet. And it's such a joy when people want to hear more about Committed Impulse, where can they go? Just go to committedimpulse.com. And there's a free uh, first class um, that you can just listen to. Um, And um, yeah, and I have classes going you know, throughout the year, a lot of times I'm, you know, filming, but when I'm not filming, um, I'm teaching. And there's also an online course, which is phenomenal, um, which, you know, you would have access to um, 24-7. And there's so much, like, it's changed so many people's creative lives and business lives, um, Mm -hmm. just getting that content. Totally. Great newsletter. If it feels like a like a something you want to come do, um, come on. <laughs> Let's party with Josh. Let's party. Let's sign, party. It's sign Let's up. It's party. a great newsletter. A lot of people have newsletters out, but yours is one that I open up all the time. It's it's, uh, it's short. It's to the point. You have great stories. You had a great bit from Jack Nicholson a week or two ago. Uh, yeah. That was just. It was. That was. And it was so great to hear his voice again because I feel like yeah. I haven't seen him in a while. Yeah. Um, but thank you so much. Uh, my pleasure.